Well, before we hear from God's word, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, prepare our hearts to hear your word, to be strengthened by it, to receive grace from your son, Jesus Christ, so that we might persevere in faith all the days of our life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever missed a prize because you weren't there when your name was called? Or maybe you've seen it. If you haven't had it happen to you, you've probably seen it happen. Maybe you were at a raffle and the person's name was called and they check, they call out. And when they determine, yeah, no, that person is not here. Well, then they move on, right? Then they pick a new name and that person gets the prize. And it relates today to our, our, the quality that we're looking at today in 2 Peter, because in the, the apostles' great concern in 2 Peter, throughout the whole book, really, is that, that you would receive the grand prize that Jesus has won for you, and what, which is why the quality we're looking at today is so essential. We're looking at the quality of perseverance, of, of persevering through to the end. And that perseverance here it means is the perseverance of faith. It's remaining in Christ to the end so that you receive the final prize, entrance into God's eternal kingdom, eternal life. And so let's listen here to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. Peter says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you and entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're in the middle of a series on 2 Peter, and we're a series that's all in chapter 1, because we, we read the whole list there. Peter gives this list of seven qualities to be practicing and growing in, essential qualities that keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in your life. And today... So the last three weeks, we've looked at virtue and knowledge and self-control. And today we consider steadfastness, or another word for that, perseverance. I'm going to use perseverance today, uh, but you've probably read many of your translations say steadfastness. I'm, I'm used the synonym perseverance. And so we looked, you know, last week we looked at knowledge and self-control over the last couple weeks. And knowing Christ, controlling yourself according to that knowledge, those are good things, but they are not one-time events, are they? they? They are, it is necessary to persevere in those things every day. And so I want to consider here quick the, the difference between perseverance and endurance. 
And, and perseverance and endurance, they are different, but they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Endurance is toughness. It's not how hard you can hit, it's how hard you can be hit. It's standing your ground no matter what type of, of injury, insult, opposition you face. A perseverance is that will to keep on going. It's the w choosing to take that next step. So perseverance, it involves grit and determination. And, uh, you know, so Friday night, I played basketball with our youth. And choosing to continue playing with them as long as I did, that involved perseverance. <laughs> that was a choice on my part to persevere. The, the soreness I am feeling today <laughs> is an indication that uh, my, my body didn't have the endurance <laughs> to match the perseverance that my mind was showing. So, you know, we need both. We need both perseverance and endurance. Uh, they go together. They, they help each other. They're two sides of the same coin. And um, I remember when I was going through Navy Officer Candidate School, OCS, which is a 90-day boot camp for college grads to become officers. And it's run by, the, by Marine Corps drill instructors. And the whole thing is meant to make you quit. Because if they can make you quit, then they don't want you out in real combat. Like if they can make you quit there, then they don't want you in real combat. So it's, it's meant to make you quit. And I, was, I remember wondering, how am I going to get through this? And uh, one weekend, a senior candidate, he was about, he was real close to graduation, like eight, nine weeks ahead of me. And he, he just encouraged me with this. He told me like, you, you've just gotta commit to yourself that I'm going to do this, come hell or high water. You get a little more inspiring when you know, throw a little nautical language in there, I guess. Um, but <laughs> but that, that, what he told me there, that was, that's what I needed to hear. I, re I realized, yeah, I, I, I got to tell myself now that I'm going to get through this no matter what comes. So perseverance starts with a choice, a choice to continue before the trials come. And then when they come, you will find the determination needed because you are already committed. Now, perseverance in faith is different than persevering through boot camp. Uh, in some way, you could, you could say that the, the stakes are a lot higher because we're talking about your eternal destiny. But also, you are not alone. God is on your side. He empowers you to persevere. And, and here's some of God's promises for those who persevere. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 22. The one who endures to the end will be saved. And 2 Peter 1, verse 11, what we just read. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, verse 11 here just says, in this way. And the way it refers to, is we could call it God's economy, the, the spiritual principles by which he saves you. So just going through, this is already established in chapter 1 here. Verse 1, obtaining faith through the righteousness of Jesus. Verse 3, God granting us all things pertaining to life and godliness through Jesus. Verse 4, God making us partakers in the divine nature through Jesus. Verses 5 through 8, 
grow in these essential qualities which keep you from being ineffective, unfruitful, or falling away. And verse 11, entrance into the eternal kingdom, the new heavens and new earth, where God will welcome home his saints. So in summary, God's economy is this. God saves us through the righteousness of Jesus. And by growing in that righteousness, we can resist the corruption in the world around us. And by this, God brings us safely home to his eternal kingdom. Now, as we've already talked about, perseverance involves a choice. Perseverance doesn't just happen by itself without intentional action by God and by you. And there, the dangers for those who don't persevere are very serious. But the promises for those who do are greater. And, and Peter sets this up early on in this letter. Verse 4, he tells us, God has made us partakers of the divine nature, escaping from the corruption that is in the world from sin. So you are either, you're either growing in the divine nature in this life or you are being corrupted by sin. And so that the corruption in the world around us, it is, it's a real danger to your faith. It's trying, constantly trying to pull you back down. But as you grow in these qualities that God has granted to you, they keep you from falling into corruption. Now, 2 Peter chapter 2, the, the, the rest of 2 Peter here is really taught a heavy emphasis on these dangers. I'm just going to do a, a brief summary. Chapter 2, Peter warns against the danger of false teachers. Verse 1, they sneak in destructive heresies. Verse 3, they will exploit you with false words. Verse 14, they entice unsteady souls. Boy, we see that around us. It's, it's the most vulnerable, the most hurting, the most unsteady, the most in need of compassion and mercy and help that the world pulls in to their corruptions and deceptions. Verse 18, they speak loud boasts of folly and enticed by sensual passions of the flesh. Verse 19, they promise them freedom but are themselves slaves of corruption. And the nature of of that corruption is described in two, chapter 2, verse 10. The two things, and, the, and everything else that follows is really just is an example of these two things. Those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. And the rest of chapter 2, it, it describes in detail these things, but it can all be summarized in one of those two things. And here's some examples. Verse 13. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. In other words, they publicly parade their sin around. They revel in deceptions. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. That means a never-ending never appetite hunger. Insatiable, can't be filled. Hearts trained in greed. All, all this chapter 2. And God warns in chapter 2, he, God will severely judge these false teachers and those who follow them. Verse 3, their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction, it's not asleep. 
Verse 4, God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Verse 5, he brought a flood upon the ungodly. Verse 6, God condemned Sodom and Gomorrah to extinction. Verse 9, the Lord knows how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Verse 13, they suffer wrong as the wage of their wrongdoing. Verse 17, for them the gloom of utter darkness is reserved. And there's even a warning for us in, ver in verses 20 through 21. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. And we see this in the world around us. Deceptive teachings aren't even sneaking around anymore. They, they boldly promote sin. And the world entices Christians away by appealing to sensual appetites. The dangers for those who don't persevere are serious. But the promises for those who do are greater. Now remember what we read in chapter 1. All the good things God has done and is doing for you right now. God has granted you all things pertaining to life and godliness. He has made you a partaker in the divine nature in Jesus Christ. By which you have escaped from the corruption that is in the world. And God's promise to you in verse 10 is if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And verse 11, there will be richly provided for you entrance into the eternal kingdom. In chapter 2, verse 9, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. I mean, I'd, I'd keep that as the, as the central truth of this whole sermon right there. That what, what are we trusting in? God knows how to rescue the godly from trials. Chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. In other words, God, God has placed in you everything you need to withstand evil. And he intervenes in events to rescue you from evil. And he patiently picks you back up when you stumble so that even if evil trips you up, it will never overcome you. You are his. And Jesus promised his followers in John chapter 10, verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of his hand. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 12 through 14. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And so the daily question for us, right, is, is how do you persevere in faith and in godly obedience? How, how, do, you, how do you do it, right? Is it just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to do it? Well, the, God's endurance and perseverance is more than boot camp endurance. He gives us a lot more. Peter's letter here, it tells us. Verse 1, verse 5, make every effort to add these, to your faith these godly qualities. So, so be pursuing them. So intentionally pursue. Verse 10, be diligent to confirm your faith by practicing these qualities. So diligence means continual returning, work at it over and over. Verse 12 through 15, remember these qualities. Remind yourselves of them. Establish your life on the truth. Remember what you have in Jesus. Verse 19, chapter 1 here, still in chapter 1, verse 19. Pay attention to God's word as a light in the darkness. So hold to God's word against all deceptions, against all temptations. Hold to it. And remember what your hope is. Remind yourself of this hope every day. Entrance into God's eternal kingdom where righteousness dwells. And then chapter 3, verse 12. Wait for God's kingdom. Look for it. Be eager for it to come. Are you eager for God's kingdom to come? Is that the hope you're waiting for. Chapter 3, verse 14 says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So since we know what we are waiting for, we prepare ourselves for it. And remember what we said earlier, perseverance, it, it is active. It's it steps forward. So perseverance is, is more than just hugging your faith and, and just holding it close. Not saying you don't do that, but perseverance is more than that. Perseverance is active. It is diligent. It's taking the next step and then another, and each step seeking to grow in these essential qualities and godliness, and being like Christ. And remembering that it's God who's given you these. Chapter 3, verse 17. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. So God has given you this great stability in Jesus Christ. Don't let the error and the corruption of the world take that away from you. So be to so take care, be alert, guard yourself, fill your mind with the truth, and expose the lies around you. In chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
As you grow in the knowledge of Jesus, you, you are learning more about what you are becoming. And as you grow in his grace, you confidently depend upon him. His grace is there for your every need every day. He's there to, to wash away sin. He empowers you with his spirit. He shares his divine nature with you so that you may become what you need to be. And he stands ready to forgive whenever we stumble. Perseverance in faith is diligently pursuing spiritual growth through knowledge of God's word and obedience to it. I'm going to say it again so we have this clear picture. What is perseverance in the context of faith? Perseverance in faith is diligently pursuing spiritual growth through knowledge of God's word and obedience to it. So as you are growing, what's, what attitude should you have? Well, well, be meek before God. Let him teach you. Let him correct you. Obey God rather than men. Trust God while you wait for answers because you're still growing. You don't know every last answer. Trust God while you wait for the answers. And I want to share briefly here four good practices. I found these in an article from Crossway, and they're, they're well, very well said. These are, these are just the practical daily practices to, to help you win perseverance. First of all, daily commune with God. So connect with God by reading his word and praying to him. And in that connection, remind yourself of his love. And, and I've been doing this by reading a, a different article from Crossway. It's called, Dear Pastor, When You Wonder How You'll Make It, Remember This. So I've been, I've been working on my own perseverance here. And the article, what does it want me to remember? It's, it's remember God's enduring love. It's, it, the whole article is it's a walk through the Psalms reminding me that the steadfast love of God endures forever. And when I read it, it, it relocates me in the true story of God's love. It puts the good and bad of the world in their proper place. And my favorite verse right now in the article is Psalm 138, verse 8. It says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. So daily connect with God. Your perseverance flows from his steadfast love. Second, daily apply the gospel to yourself. Remind yourself that you are a sinner saved by grace. And we sang that in the song here, right? Like our sins, they are many. His mercies are more. And we, we could sing that, every, we should sing that every day <laughs> or say it to ourselves every day. And Second Peter, we, we read a warning about forgetting this. Verse nine, it says, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Remember what you have been saved from. And remember his mercy is there for you every day. Third, daily commit to God as a living sacrifice. So this is telling yourself 
in your mind committing to this, telling yourself, I serve God. I will obey God rather than men. I follow Jesus. I will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I will be led by the spirit and not by the cravings of the world. I will live according to the divine nature and not according to the corruption of the world. And fourth, believe in the sovereignty of God. No matter what you suffer, God reigns in love. God reigns in love. God knows how to rescue you. At the same time, while he is patiently working for those who are not yet saved, who might even be the very ones who are causing your suffering, God's working for their salvation, and he's able to do both. God is patient and desires all to come to repentance. And all things are working together for the good of those who love him. And because God reigns in love, you can persevere. And finally here, I want to share with you Jesus' words to the church in Philadelphia from Revelation 3, 10 through 13. Just beautiful promise to the church here. He says, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven. And my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this word to us about the, the quality of perseverance uh, that you have granted to all believers who are in Jesus Christ. And, and would you help us to grow in this quality uh, that we may persevere each day in faith and in following you and which keeps our lives fruitful and effective. And we pray that we would, each of everyone here, everyone here in my voice, wherever they are, um, would grow in perseverance and would persevere in faith every day of their life so that they would enter to your great reward, your eternal kingdom where righteousness dwells. Encourage our hearts and strengthen us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.